Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome back to She and Her Season 2. Thanks so much for all of your great feedback so far. We've been having a blast with this season and on deck today, periods. Menstruation. Menses, that time of the month. So we've been talking about doing a show on this for a long time and today we are going to explore both the personal and political implications of periods Um, And we're going to talk about the fact that the messages that women receive about periods are really mixed, to say the least. So you're about to hear an excerpt from a conversation we had with Sarah Rhodes and Katie Brown, two microbiology graduate students in the School of Public Health at UNC Chapel Hill. And they have been raising awareness about public health gaps in period policy. So we started our conversation with Katie and Sarah by sharing our own period stories. This is this has been a process for me preparing for the show and preparing to tell my period story because honestly I've always been relatively private about it so it's mm-hmm. really caused me to interrogate why mm-hmm. which is good but mm-hmm. I actually remember when I was it was my it was elementary school fifth grade so right before you go to junior high and we'd had I guess what would be called a sexual education Mm -hmm. class and the Mm -hmm. boys were pulled aside to learn about god knows what and we were pulled (laughs) aside and they the the educator they definitely brought somebody from the outside came and explained to us periods they gave us mirrors for us to look at our vagina oh yeah that's advanced that's actually that's really awesome yeah i mean but then like Mm -hmm. a couple maybe the next week was dare graduation and I just remember waking up the day. They, I guess this was like their real cap. You're going to junior high. Yeah. You get your sexual education yes. thing and your dare graduation. And I didn't make it to dare graduation because I woke up that morning. My God, my stomach hurts so oh, bad. And then come to find out that's because I'd started my period. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it's ruined dare graduation. <laughs> <laughs> so, through a wrench at graduation. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Anita? Um, so I didn't get mine until eighth grade, and I remember all of my friends had theirs. And at a certain point, I was like, okay, I'm ready for this. Like, I want to be part of the gang. You know, everyone else has, like, is walking around with pads and tampons, and, like, I want to be part of this. 
But I had this prolonged period of like three months where I kept thinking I was going to get my period. So I tell my mom, like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get my period today. Or like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get it this week. And she's like, you know, you don't have to stress so much about preparing for it. Like, when you get it, we're going to figure it out. But I was like, no, I got to have all the supplies. So I would like bring, I had like pads and all of this stuff like ready. <laughs> you were prepped. You I was had prepped. Oh, I had an arsenal. <laughs> I like had them in my book bag. So I was like, I know it's going to happen. And then it'd be like a few days where I'd be like, I felt something. Like, I'm definitely, it's definitely happening. Just so super like, positive. On yes. So I was like, go so to the bathroom and like put on a pad like in preparation and then like nothing would happen. It was like a seventh <laughs> heaven episode. Yeah. This yeah, is so much exactly. anticipation. Actually, exactly. yes. I remember that seventh Beverly. Yes. Yeah. So much anticipation. I'm but athletic. it wasn't until, I, yeah, I think it was like a number of months later that I finally got it and it was, I was like at home. And I remember being, like, downstairs and realizing it. And then even though, like, I'd already prepped, like, I knew it was happening in my mind, I, like, couldn't, you know, go through the motion. So I, like, waddled to the bottom of the stairs and, like, called upstairs. And I was like, Mom, like, I think it finally happened. She's like, are you sure? Yeah, exactly. I made it very dramatic. But I was thinking about in preparation for this that I didn't. I had like a kind of I had like a fear of tampons or like I felt mm-hmm. like I like couldn't wear them oh, like something yeah. wasn't that right. Was real. Like I tried to put them in and it w- didn't work and I didn't start wearing tampons until freshman year of college when my dear roommate and friend like came to the, like the bathroom at the end of the hall and like talked me through putting in a tampon. Yeah, and I mean, I think I waited till high school before I did because I was always like, that's for the big girls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. definitely. So there's sort of like steps. I was thinking about how there's like these steps in your like comfort with your own experience of having a period where you're like, I don't know, I can't handle that. Like mm-hmm. that's getting too close. You also definitely. broke through one just a few minutes ago about using tampons without applicators. Right. That's yeah. true. So this is going to be the next step. Promoting the use of tampons <laughs> without applicators. Yes. Because you should be able to touch your own vagina. That's true. I agree. Yes, agree. No, I totally agree. Getting, not put a bunch of bleach in it. Getting closer. So there's some <laughs> natural, there's some good natural stuff out there, y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. How about y'all? What do you, what are your first period stories? Okay, y'all. This is Sarah. Um, Hey, here's my period story on the air. Um, So I was sort of on Anita's Anita's track with my my period being really late. The first experience with periods was when you know when I was nine years old, and there was someone I was in the bathroom with my friend, and she was like, "Holy moly, what is going on? Something Uh. is happening." And I just remember having no idea what she was talking about, and she was in the stall. And um, so we went, you know, we went and got the teacher and was like, what is happening? We do not know what's happening. There is blood. And we do not know why <laughs> this is happening. And it was really scary because, yeah. you know, I, especially I had never had a talk with my parents before about this. And neither had she. So we were both just, you know, I was just the friend witnessing this happening to my friend. Um, you know, after that, I was like waiting since from the time I was nine. But I, you know, was dancing a lot, had a, a lot of activity. And I think I just did not was not going to get my period for a while. And I ended up getting it when I was like 16. So it was kind of mm-hmm, late. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was a lot of anticipation of just hearing all this stuff, you know, seeing everyone go through it, which is kind of, you know, is actually lucky to be able to have friends go through it and be able to because they're talking about it to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we actually, you know, in some of my friend group, you know, they were like, Sarah, this is going to happen. And it was something where they were like. <laughs> my elders who were like, this will happen to you. And my mom was more, you know, my parents didn't really talk to me about it. My dad never would talk to me about it. But my mom was just like, one day there was like a book that disappeared on my bed that was like, oh, my this is your body. Yes. <laughs> and so I remember, you know, and was that was... Our, what book was it? Was it Our Bodies Ourselves? It or? was that Total American Girls book. <gasps> oh. Um, not familiar. Which I don't remember. Yeah, there I was like know. American Girl produced this book and it had like pictures of <laughs> how, God, your, of how your breasts, how your breasts, 
yeah. actually pretty bomb. Yes, yeah, so there was like this beautiful diagram yeah, of how your breasts would develop from like the little bit. mosquito bites to like what it should be actually. And then there was like this one page, but it was really crude about periods. Um, so it still was not, you know, not that good. My mom was still not really willing to talk to me about it. But I was, you know, definitely privileged and lucky to have that, even just that book put in my bed. But so 16 years old on an airplane oh. and just was like, you know, airplanes kind of freak me out anyway. But I was on this airplane <laughs> and all of a sudden my ears are popping, which always happens. And it just feels like really weird. And then my I get this like cramps in my abdomen. And I was just like, what the heck is going on? This plane feels so different. I don't know why this is happening. And then I went to the bathroom and there it was. I just saw, like, you know, oh. some red stuff on my underwear. And I was like dang y'all this is definitely happening here and it so, is but it was something where you know at that point my mom was pretty worried because she had finally started talking about it because she was like why has this, hap- this mm. happened to you yet and so she had really been asking me kind of obsessively and then at that point when I actually got it I was like I don't want to tell her this is <laughs> for some reason I just feel like ashamed and strange about this um so I went down you know sat next to my mom back on the plane and was just kind of silent but then finally when I got off I was like mom I need to talk to you I need, I need some help. And so that was kind of the moment where my mom was like, all right, we're going to use some pads. This is what a pad is. This is what a tampon is. You know, usually people start with pads and move move up from there, which I think is definitely the trend. Yeah. Of, you know, so, yeah. the like I mean. sticking something up your vagina is definitely <laughs> a little scarier, which of course it is when you haven't really explored Untrotted that. territory. Um, <laughs> but I definitely remember having those experiences where you're like, what is even going on down there? Yeah. So it's just oh, like, know. you know, and I... I and I hadn't really even dated at that point. So I was just like, okay, I need to figure this out. So I remember like going back. We were going to Maine to visit some family friends. Went into the bathroom. and was just like, I'm just going to look at this. And yeah. like got in the mirror, kind of, you know, leg up, check it out, <laughs> see what's going on. But also had the experience of putting the pad in your underwear for the first time where mm. you're like, this is a diaper. Oh yeah. My God. yeah. And walking around God. and feeling so ashamed and just feeling like you have this huge thing that what, everyone can, can see. Can anybody see this? Yes. And you feel like you smell. Yeah, you yeah, have the like smell situation where you're like, this kind of smells. <laughs> and no one, and why didn't any of my friends tell me that this smells? Yeah, because is. they didn't tell me that. So Sarah and I talked about this before. Mm-hmm. This is Katie. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a little bit of cadence from Sandra here. So <laughs> little, little Georgia draw versus the North Carolina That's draw. right. <laughs> so my period story is basically the same, but the polar opposite of Sarah's where my family has historically started their period very early. This is just a maternal trait. And my older sister started her period early, and I had a really supportive mother, was exposed to it from my sister, who's about two and a half years older than I am. And for some reason, when I started my period, I was probably about 11, maybe even 10, young, too young, Mm -hmm. right? Well, not too young, but younger. I think it's too young for me. Yeah, yeah. And um, even though I was exposed to it, I hid it. And I hid it for years. Really? Hid it from yes. your family? From my mm. family. Wow. And um, and I don't know why. I'm still in this kind of interrogating myself as to why, because I feel like maybe that's mm. some kind of association with my, I don't know. Even while I was doing this, this period work, this menstruation work that we're doing, I keep asking myself, what is it? I had all of the supportive infrastructure, this family mm. My mother support, my sister support, and for some reason I was ashamed. Mm-hmm. And so, if people don't know this, oftentimes when you're around women, you sync up your menstruation. So I basically synced with my sister, and so we'd have men, you know having periods at the same time. And so I'd be very judicious in my 
like changing of it was very like uh calculated and hmm. how I'd like mm-hmm put stuff in the trash and like all this uh-huh. is bizarre and my mother about kind of similar to what your mother said um maybe I was 13 or 14 and she said you know she just very side answered like have you and I was like oh yeah I started that a while ago and I saw <laughs> the look of hurt on her face you're like yeah, yeah. four years ago and you know I'm not I'm a very transparent person like everybody can you know support that but I don't know something about that basic thing that occurred to me huh. mm-hmm. I was ashamed and I was very I hid it and mm-hmm. um you know all the kids would go out there and play at recess at lunch and I'd have awful cramps mm. and I'd have to be like oh mm. I just can't my stomach hurts because I couldn't be like I'm on my period right totally <laughs> I'm a yeah, baby I'm on my period so yeah. that difficulty and also that kind of self-imposed taboo and hiding it I, I, I think is one of the, the kind of instigators for some of the work that we've done All right, let's take a quick break and check in with our moms. Every episode this season, they're going to be chiming in about the topic at hand. So this week, we asked them to share their own period stories. Oh, well, I think I can even remember the color of my underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me. Tell me everything. Well, I think, see, back in the day when I got my period, I think I was about 12. But in those days, we didn't have like sanitary towels that had like the, the sticker at the bottom uh-huh. so you had to wear a belt and you looped the loop of the sanitary pad onto the belt so it was pretty special and it was called a dr white the pad was called dr white and they were like it was like a gauze on the outside so it's you mean what you get now is super sophisticated so it was just horrible oh my God. <laughs> but i was really proud i was really proud to wear my first dr white <laughs> i thought i was super cool and the other really sort of sad part of it for me was that I think at, at the same time that I got my period, my brother, Uncle Steve, developed a kidney cancer. So he was passing blood in his urine. So everybody was like looking and worrying about if there was any blood in the toilet. And oh, I was God. feeling sort of super, I was feeling super awkward. You know that like the whole family would know about it because we were all worried about him and his blood in his urine. And then I had my period. So it was like... A difficult time. Yeah. But um, did you go tell your mom right away, or what do you remember about that part of it? Oh yeah, right away because I did because they had I, we had to get me in my own belt and stuff. I mean, it was I thought that was I thought that was cool. <laughs> and like it was like you're becoming a woman, you got your own belt. Oh man. But you know, at least there were pads. I mean, going back another generation, they didn't even have anything at that time. So at least they had sanitary pads. It's true. You weren't in a red tent. No red tents, no. No, 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 no. No red tents. <laughs> God, come on. <laughs> the red tent. Oh, yeah, All funny right. times. Thank you, Maud. Oh, my goodness. Uh, golly, well, I do remember it. And it was on a Sunday. And I was 11 years old. And I uh, remember exactly what I had on, actually, because we had been to Sunday school and church. And I had on this navy wool long-sleeved sailor dress with this big white sailor collar. And I I think it must have been when we'd come home after church and we're, I was getting ready for lunch, and I remember going into the bathroom upstairs to use it and then thinking, oh, and um, I believe my mom had prepared me in the sense of I knew 
you know, pretty much knew exactly what that was. And back in that day and age, the only products I knew about were Kotex. And the pads were really thick, but they were not the way they are now. They didn't adhere to your underwear. And the way that you wore them was you had a what was called a sanitary belt, oh, which was this... my God. Oh, it was quite quite the thing, which was this thin strip of elastic that uh, was continuous, went around your waist, and then in the front and in the back, there was a strip that extended down, and at the end of that was this little metal piece, and what you did was you put the end of the tab through the metal piece, and you wrapped it around a couple of times, and there was this tiny little prong at the base of the metal piece, and then you kind of yanked the gauze strip down, and that's what secured it. I mean, you but lost you, me already because I'm terrible at visualizations, but that sounds elaborate. It was elaborate. Well, you really witnessed the technology evolve, didn't you, Mom? I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So before we return to our conversation with Katie and Sarah, I want to take a moment and talk about what strikes me about these period stories that we shared. So on the one hand, women are raised knowing that getting your period is this huge seminal life moment and rite of passage. Mm -hmm. It's a really big deal. On the other hand, we receive all these messages that make us feel like we need to keep it secretive and private. And those two things really don't work well together. Yeah, and the stigma around periods also shows up in a lot of public health policy, or at least that's what Katie and Sarah began to notice when they did a literature review on public health infrastructure around periods, looking both nationally and globally. And they learned that although periods are something that produces waste that half of the world's population deals with, there are major gaps in public health infrastructure and planning, and those gaps are local and global. So they developed a demonstration to educate scholars and people who don't menstruate about the embodied experience of having a period, which they describe here. So we came up with this analogy because we realized that <laughs> that um, people don't actually know what it's like. So mm -hmm. um, I use this analogy of Campbell's Chunky Tomato Soup. 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 <laughs> so I don't know any of y'all who have ever seen a pad. Sarah actually mentioned this before that mm -hmm. a pad is like a diaper. It is 
designed almost in a NASA type way to absorb <laughs> um, not just like fluids, but also like chunky stuff, mm-hmm. right? So all folks out there who don't menstruate, and I'm, you'll hear us actually use the phrase people who menstruate versus women, because mm-hmm. we want to emphasize that people have different gender identities. Mm-hmm. And that um, menstruation is not necessarily something that makes you a woman. So all folks out there who don't menstruate, I want you to think about this. So you have your underpants, right? I want you to take this pad, and basically it's a strip of a diaper with the sticky substance on the back. I want you to put it to your underpants, and I want you to put about a couple of tablespoons of Campbell's Chunky Tomato Soup onto that. Mm -hmm. You're going to pull your pants on, and you're going to walk around. You're going to have a good time, but then you're going to think, oh, my gosh, I'm sitting in this pad (laughs) filled with Campbell's Chunky Tomato Soup. (laughs) Yes, yes. I don't know if it's leaking out of my pants. It's uncomfortable. It's wet. Well, you're at work. It smells. It smells. Mm -hmm. And you're worried about it smelling. It may leak out of your pad. Mm -hmm. And so you're not really familiar with this. So you're at work. You may have a presentation to give. You're standing up in front of this group presenting your hard work that you've done Mm -hmm. and all you can think about in the back of your head is is the Campbell's Chunky Tomato Soup leaking out of the side of this pad into the front of my khakis. Mm -hmm. That's all you can think about. (laughs) (laughs) Just in the back. So you may position yourself a little bit less dominantly behind a chair so no one sees your kind of crotchal region. (laughs) And But luckily, thank God, in your office building, you have access to... Mm -hmm. A toilet facility that is, you know, that multi-stall number that you get that's basically a public restroom within your Mm -hmm. facility. You walk in there, you go into the stall, you rip off your Campbell's Chunky Tomato Soup soaked pad, you roll it up in some toilet paper, you put it in this, this, Mm -hmm. you know, waste bin next to you, close the lid. In the stall. In the stall. Lock lock it. Lock the door. Mm -hmm. Close the stall. Close the lid. But I'm sorry, you have to put on a new pad because Uncle Bank, you put on some more Campbell's Chunky Tomato Soup. (laughs) But luckily, what you can do is you can walk out. You can wash your hands with some soap. There's a mirror Mm -hmm. there. You can check your khakis. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you do have a stain, you have the capacity to wash it off discreetly. Or cover it up with a sweater. Yeah. Cover it up with a sweater. The old sweater around the waist trick. Definitely done that. Yes. And um, then you can go back to your business. You may be sitting there. You know, you may have a meeting with someone. And you think, oh, my gosh, do they smell the Campbell's Chunky Tomato Soup that's sitting in my pants? <laughs> right. But luckily, you know, that you go through the day. You may not stay in your pants. You go sit home. You go sit in your car. You're sitting in this Campbell's Chunky Tomato Soup. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> in traffic, you go home. You can take a shower. You get in bed. I'm sorry. You have to put some more, another pad and some more Campbell's mm-hmm. Chunky Tomato Soup in mm-hmm. your pad. You sleep okay, but you wake up the next morning and there's Campbell's Chunky Tomato Soup all over your bed. And so you have to clean it up a little bit, you know, but you can wash your stuff. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. So take another shower. Then you can go, I'm sorry, you have to put more Campbell's Chunky Tomato Soup (laughs) and a pad into your underpants, into your khakis. You go to work, but then you find out, wow, in this bathroom that I depended on, that basically I managed this thing for the past day. You find that the door that you originally walk into in the multi-stall bathroom, mm-hmm. there's no door. You think, oh, my gosh, people can just walk into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. But then you find out that in the stall, this lock that was on the door that you wanted mm-hmm. to stop the door from swinging open, mm-hmm. it's not there. So you're worried, as someone who doesn't menstruate, not really you know, accustomed to it, that as you're changing this chunky tomato soup, pad that someone's going to walk in you doing that so you're holding the door with one hand trying to do it with the Mm -hmm. other Mm -hmm. you know and then you look and you recognize oh my gosh there's no toilet paper i can't really clean myself Mm -hmm. and then you recognize oh wait the bin that i was really Mm -hmm. dependent upon to throw away this thing is not Mm -hmm. is you know it may not have a top or maybe it's not even there right 
Now, I want you to think about, okay, what if in that bathroom there's no soap to wash your hands? What if there's no sink? What if there's no running water? Now, I want you to imagine that there's no mirror for you to actually check to see if you have these stains on your clothes that you're really worried about because obviously it signals to people that you have Campbell's Chunky Tomato Soup in your pants. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I want you to imagine that this pad, this thing, again, that is NASA-derived to um, manage this chunky tomato soup, Mm -hmm. you have to replace it with a rag or cotton or soil, sand, feathers, all these things. Now, I want you to imagine that you can actually wash that out. And it's soaked with Campbell's Chunky Tomato Soup. And you have to keep adding it to it, right? So there's no way for you to actually manage that. Now, I want you to imagine that there's no toilet. And I want you to imagine that there's no infrastructure. There's no building. There's no stall. There's nothing. And you are literally standing in the middle of your community with Campbell's Chunky Tomato Soup dripping down your leg where everyone can see it. That is the situation for millions, if not billions, of people who menstruate around the world. Yes. Now think about that as, you know, this is not just a couple of days like Katie described that this is happening. But now imagine having to do this for two to seven days of the week, every month, for up to 40 years of your life. And just think about how long that actually is. And now think about half of the population of the world being composed of people who menstruate, including women and girls. Half of those people are of reproductive age, meaning that within this month, this exact month that we're in, close to 2 billion people will menstruate. And menstruation, as some of us who do menstruate know, doesn't just include bleeding, but it also includes symptoms that could include mood swings or really nasty abdominal cramps, all these different things that you're managing. Diarrhea. Back pain, fatigue. Absolutely. I remember someone in my high school fainting from her cramps. It actually affects your mobility as a person. And we know that 2.5 billion people of 7 billion in this world do not have access to toilets, as we were describing, which means that presently greater than one in seven people are experiencing this lack of infrastructure that Katie describes. But it's really important for us to mention that also the infrastructure that Katie describes is one that is very Western, and this may not be culturally appropriate in many places. And so really what we're saying is, you know, this many people are lacking infrastructure that actually allows them to have privacy, dignity, safety, all these different things that are super important, autonomy, hygiene, mobility. And so, you know, a person may not be able to manage their menstruation in the way that is actually safe. Mm -hmm. And that... That includes locally, that includes right here in this area, that includes globally, but we need to really be thinking about what does this infrastructure look like and what does this bring and how does it provide us these things of, you know, safety, mobility, dignity. So let's talk, so Mm -hmm. a lot of what you sort of alluded to has to do with shame and secrecy Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways that this is Mm -hmm. something that people who menstruate are experiencing alone Mm -hmm. and then sort of trying to hide from the people around them. So let's talk Mm -hmm. a bit about that and what you all know about sort of why that is, what you've looked at that that sort of informs why there is so much shame and secrecy around this. I think there's a lot of cultural taboo. I mean, this is both Western and other, let's say. And I think a lot of the literature that we looked at and a lot of the people that we talked to really perseverated or overly focused 
own mm-hmm. this kind of non-Western taboo that was very oppressive of women. And to a degree it is. People who menstruate aren't, aren't able to go into a kitchen because the pickles and the bread and all that may sour. Mm. Beer may sour. They may not be able to go to temple because it may anger the gods. They may not be able to touch shared water sources because mm-hmm. it'll taint that may cause sterility. It may be a situation where the these absorbent materials, these pads that they actually have or rags, what have you, because mm-hmm. of the blood that's on them, if someone like a sanitation worker, like someone who comes and picks up your trash, actually touches it that they could be cursed to death or, for instance, that someone could take this waste and actually send it to a witch doctor and um, they could be cursed. And so when I first approached this research, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm a white lady. (laughs) Um, I walked at it from this, like, white savior Poor women, global south, oh no, they have no toilets. Here are all these like (laughs) archaic taboos. Oh, bless their hearts. And I was finishing my master's and I walked away from it because I was overwhelmed. I was incredibly emotionally invested in the stories of these women that we read, especially schoolgirls, because that's what a lot of the literature focuses on because they don't go to school and they may drop out of school and that has huge implications for the socioeconomic health of an entire country because you don't have women in the economy because they didn't finish school. Because they do not have access to infrastructure that is important for managing menstruation. Hmm. And so basically I came back and realized that I was in this very colonized state of mind. But guys... Let's think about the latest Playtex slash Tampax commercial that you mm-hmm. saw. What is the color of the fluid that they pour on the pad? Is it blue? Blue. Yeah. blue. Always blue. Never Always red. Blue, yeah. Well, that's a commercial. <laughs> what is the color of the blood and the gratuitous violence that is in all these TV shows right totally. now? Totally. Yeah. It's red. It is yeah. bright it's red. You bright may even red. see an organ popping out on non-cable television. But <laughs> yeah. menstrual blood, goodness gracious, blue, mobility, we're not even going to say you know, periods. Well, and it's like on Instagram, you'll have to remind me the name mm-hmm. of the person, but be core. I, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. K U A R. Yeah. But, oh, but yeah. she put a picture up of her, I guess, mm-hmm. napping and she had some menstrual blood on her mm-hmm. pants. And this mm-hmm. was a part of a bigger project she was working on to destigmatize that. And Instagram took it down twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yet you can go on Instagram and see these hypersexualized yes. images of women. So it really sends a message about what, what images are valued and considered appropriate in our society. Unless unless people think that it's not as bad here, there are two Mm -hmm. memes that I think of that I've seen circulating around the internet that really show this cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. One is, it's a joke for women, and it's like, if you Mm -hmm. bleed once a month, you can survive anything. And then there's... A men ver- a male version of that where it's like you can't trust anything that bleeds once a month and lives through it. <laughs> but that's real. Like I've oh, seen that gosh. pretty often, and I'm like, yeah. oh my god. Well, I mean, I think that yeah. that you you brought it back to kind of the shame and taboo where mm-hmm. you know they're the dominance. And I'm going to go into the patriarchy for a second. <laughs> yes, but when we think about the people who've decided on the management design of policy, sanitation, health care for however many years. It's been male. And so when we think about this it being salient, you know, menstruation is not an experience that this kind of cis-heteronormative male has had. And we've been acculturated to say, well, we're ashamed about it. We're not going to talk about it. It's revolting. It's a condition. 
in the second wave of feminism, there was a great woman named Germaine Greer. And she talked about the shroud of secrecy and how menstruation is a central part of women, women's health, women's embodied experiences, women's life. But however, these original feminists didn't really openly discuss it. And she phrased it as something called an eloquent silence, Hmm. where um, it came from basically from the dangerous womb. And it centered on the secrecy underlying a persistent revulsion of menstruation. And so even within ourselves, sure, we have that. We've yeah. internalized that. I yeah. mean, and I think, I mean, I feel like you see that you know, if you think about this last political cycle. Oh, so there is sort of this concern. <laughs> the way that menstruation often comes up is like, is this going to affect how a woman is in the workplace? Right. Like, Definitely. is she going to be too emotionally reactive? Is she going to be too you know, um, unpredictable at particular mm-hmm. times. And I and was reading this. It's used to control. Yeah, control and this critique about how yeah. there was this narrative around, well, Hillary is um, post-menopausal, so right. like, we don't have yeah. to worry about that. Like, mm-hmm. we can ensure that she's going to, you know, she's not going to be affected Clear-headed. by these hormones. <laughs> yeah. Right, so yeah. it's sort of this, like, black or white thing. Like, either we don't talk about it, mm-hmm. or if we're talking about it, we're talking about how it makes women unpredictable and out of control dangerous and dangerous right and the thing about it is menstruation is a healthy sign of reproductive health i mean Mm -hmm. it is something Mm -hmm. where your Mm -hmm. body is literally getting rid of these eggs that are dying that are dead that are unfertilized that are just actually kind of really bad for the continuation of a healthy human race. That is what menstruation <laughs> is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we, as a primate, other primates, bats, and the elephant shrew. Which we learned. Yes, we learned just recently. <laughs> are the <laughs> only species, animals, that menstruate. Huh. And so when we think about it being a condition, but rather a vital, vital-like part of the continuation of human race, it's really important to emphasize. That's our show. Thank y'all so much for listening. And if you want to find out more about She and Her, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at She and Her Radio. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and all those other places, which I can never remember the names of, but we appreciate y'all for being out there. Yes. And it is both Women's History Month and Tripod Month. So Tripod is a national initiative that tons of podcasters are participating in which encourages people who listen to podcasts to tell their friends, family members, and loved ones about what podcasting is if they don't know how to find podcasts, how to subscribe to them, and what their favorite podcasts are. So we'd love to hear about what your favorites are. Tweet them at us with the hashtag tripod, and we'll be sure to retweet and reshare and help spread the word about podcasting. And if you like ours, don't hesitate to share it with hashtag tripod either. Exactly. We want to thank Anna Canada, our fabulous intern and friend, Cameron Laws and Sam Gerwick for composing our theme music, and Sarah Rhodes and Katie Brown for the great work that they're doing. We'll catch you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.